Welcome to the D3 Mission Log podcast. I'm Danny Kennedy, and together with Brian Hassin, we'll discuss the journey that our organization, Third Derivative, has taken to boldly build the world's largest climate tech accelerator. Maybe we talk about tools, communicating, collaborating, file sharing. Um... Good news, I think, for folks listening. Tell me some of the things you've learned so far in the journey. Welcome back to Mission Log Third Derivative, the D3 journey that we're on to learn how do we run the world's largest climate tech accelerator. In real time, every week we're talking to Brian, who is the CEO of the Third Derivative, this amazing team running 46 companies through an accelerator program. And we're trying to eke out lessons for other accelerator managers and people interested in the innovation exercise and how do we drive that jerk for third derivative when the acceleration accelerates, which is what we want to feel in the clean energy transition. So Brian, what are we going to talk about this week? Can we get some practical nuts and bolts sort of lessons out of you? Yeah. So I thought since, you know, our focus, um, during in these kind of early months of 2021 is on kind of refining and streamlining our process and operations. Maybe we talk about tools. We can share a little bit about our tech stack and some things we've tried that haven't worked out and some things we've tried that have worked out. And um, also maybe open it up for comments from all of our viewers and listeners. So I'm sure amazing ideas about tech stacks too. So this is the tools that you use to manage the solicitation, to communicate with the entrepreneurs, to match them with the corporate partners, to to run the money from the investors. What are, what are we talking about in terms of tech stack for an accelerator? Yes, yeah, so I'd say all of the above, um, you know, up to and including, and maybe even based on a foundation of the actual collaboration tools that we use just to run ourselves as a team. Tell me some of the things you've learned so far in the journey. Sure, and you know, I don't know, maybe this <laughs> won't be incredibly revolutionary, but it's where we are today. Um, and hopefully some of these learnings are valuable for others. Um, for our own collaboration tools as a team, we settled on using Google G Suite. We just, we find the, um, the tools available for email, calendaring, um, document creation, et cetera, to be really good for collaboration, especially in this virtual world in which we're all remote and we can't really huddle around a desk together, around a whiteboard together. Um, we specifically, we, we found it to be better than Microsoft Teams. Um, there's a caveat though, um, Microsoft or Google isn't allowed into China. So in some geographies, um, Google G Suite may not be available. So especially for accelerators that are trying to build globally as we are, or accelerators that are place-based uh, in areas where Google isn't allowed, you may, you may have your options kind of limited. Um, I will say we do use Microsoft, um, you know, office tools sometimes. So for really rich graphical uh, PowerPoint decks, we may use PowerPoint instead of Google Slides for really deep analytical um, uh, spreadsheets. We may use Excel instead of uh, Google Sheets, but at, you know, probably 95 plus percent of the time, we're just using the Google tools, which are really good for real-time collaboration. Often we'll have them up while we're on a Zoom call together and we'll be just kind of collaborating in, in real time very, very naturally. Um, building on the collaboration theme, um, I'd say neither. Microsoft does have a, a pretty good kind of chat interface with Teams, Google, not so much. Um, so we're supplementing with Slack, using Slack as a, a community and resource for um, communicating, collaborating, file sharing, 
um, you know, goofing off, kind of all of the, all providing a little bit of the connective tissue for our team. That's hard to do, you know, just by email. Slack has the, um, the extra advantage of just being a tool that many of our other partners use, uh, including you know, New Energy Nexus. So it makes it really easy for us to switch from our internal Slack to our externally facing program Slack to our New Energy Nexus Slack, and just kind of bounce from one environment to another without really having to, to change the interface. So that, that's been pretty efficient for us. The basic tools, well, I would say the, the basic tools that Google provides aren't maybe aren't sufficient for some of the really complex things we have to do, like calendaring and getting, you know, multiple corporate partners and investor partners and ourselves and startups kind of all together at the same time. Um, Google Calendar has some limitations there. So we've been having a lot of success recently using Calendly as a calendar organization tool. It seems really good so far for individual kind of arranging one-on-one -on -one meetings. I haven't found that it has really cracked the nut yet on multi-party meetings. So we may need to test out some more tools like Doodle or others for um, kind of multi-party scheduling. I feel like I'm back in my computer science class trying to do a traveling salesman problem and uh, optimize schedules from uh, a bunch of people with bricked out calendars. So I'd say that, that probably is the basic foundational stack on what we're using for our own kind of internal operations. Mm -hmm. As we think about running things that are more specific to an accelerator, um, you know, Accelerator has a number of things you have to do. You have to put out a call for applications. You have to you know, take those applications in and review them and look at them and save information about them and make decisions based on them. Um, and then you have to kind of support the startups that you actually bring in on an ongoing basis. So our first, our inaugural cohort that we, um, that we just launched a couple months ago, all came to us using Submittable, which is a platform for kind of running application submission processes. And it's really full featured. I mean, it's got a, a, a lot of features that are very specific to the application process. And there are a couple of other tools out there that, that do something similar. We liked Submittable and it was, it was a good tool for us. Um, not cheap, but it was very full featured and effective. Mm. With the, the question then with something like Submittable is, well, what do you do with the data that comes into it over time? And so we ended up porting a lot of the data into Airtable which is um, kind of like a light database or a spreadsheet on steroids. So maybe you can think of it as, as kind of a, an intermediate medium between um, a flat spreadsheet and a full-on full-feature database, which is, is very adequate for our needs at the moment. We don't need um, full-on database features, but we do need a lot more searchability, slice and diceability analytics than, than just a, a flat spreadsheet. It, it, and kind of across multiple dimensions than a, a flat spreadsheet provides. So we've been loving Airtable and it's been a great tool as well for sharing and communicating with our other partners. We're able very mm -hmm. easily to create specific views in Airtable out of the you know, hundreds of startups that applied or out of the dozens of startups who are members, we can create specific views just for one of our partners. So, you know, let's take uh, BP, they're very interested in one specific type of technology, it's very easy for us to kind of filter out that technology and just share that with them using Airtable. Um, or FedEx is interested in very different types of technology, so it's easy for us to create a view for them. And so it, it ends up being a, a bit of a collaboration platform as well, um, and in a, a very kind of easy to use way, which is nice. Mm -hmm. We're now experimenting with trying to use just a kind of a Google Forms front end for Airtable for our next round of um, application submissions. The good is that the data goes right into Airtable. 
The bad is that it's not nearly as full featured as Submittable. So this is an ongoing experiment. We may find ourselves going back to Submittable if we find we really need those application submission specific features, or we just may find that the, the direct connectivity to, to Airtable is just so crucial that it's worth um, kind of worth and the trade. Can I ask a question? Did, did you test any of these sort of actual SaaS products or suites that are designed supposedly for accelerator management? I, I, one that comes to mind, I think it's called FS6 or something other, or F6S. Right? Uh, but they're sort of bespoke to the accelerator business. Did you look at any of those beyond submittable as like a submissions application process? Tool? So we, we looked at F6S. Um, I'll take candidly as an entrepreneur who has submitted applications to accelerators, I've always found F6S not to be very good. Um, so we frankly didn't take that close of a look because we're trying to have a very deep kind of customer centricity, if you will, get a focus on the user experience of our startups here. Um, it's, I may be, I may be maligning poor F6S, um, in an undue way, but, um, that we didn't give them a very, a very strong look. All right. Anything else on the tech stack just for now? It's very useful. I think oh, I can summarize what I learned, but tell me if there's anything else I should hear. Maybe, maybe two more quickies. Um, you know, what to do for maintaining you know, essentially a CRM. So maintaining information about all of our different partners and communicating with different segments of them effectively. Um, we, we tried out Salesforce and frankly found it to be really heavy and lethargic and, and slow, which is ironic because Salesforce gained so much success disrupting the previous generation of CRMs by being light and, and nimble and agile. And I, it's just not our experience with it so far. So we actually settled on HubSpot, um, which I, I think there were probably three HubSpot equivalents that we could have used that would have been roughly the same, kind of plus or minus. HubSpot's been doing a decent job for us so far. Here again, a lot of our, our goal would really be kind of the, the integrability on the back end between HubSpot and Airtable and some of the other, other tools that we're using. Frankly, we're not using HubSpot nearly well enough yet for me to comment intelligently on whether it's the be all end all or, or um, whether we should be trying something else. Qualtrics is a tool we've been using for a number of kind of analytics. So we spend a lot of time as a team, especially in this virtual environment, trying to assess how we're all doing. So we do monthly psychological safety kind of pulse surveys for everyone. Um, every six months, we do a big three, 360 degree performance kind of management feedback survey. Um, and there's several other um, kind of analytics surveys that we put out internal to the team that we've been using Qualtrics for. Um, the good is that it's it's just a, a relatively robust and configurable kind of survey and kind of data collection management tool. So we can kind of tweak it to be whatever we want. The bad is that it isn't terribly full featured for any of the specific needs that we have. So we're considering looking at tools like CultureAmp, which we've been very impressed with to do more kind of specifics around 360 and performance management, maybe even OKRs. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think this is, I don't fault us for the route that we took as a startup. Often it's important for us to prototype things first before making a big investment in a, mm. in a, a significant tool. And I think we learned a lot through designing a few um, tools in Qualtrics first. Awesome. Okay. Well, so if I were out there listening to this as someone thinking of starting an accelerator in my city, in my country or globally, what I'm hearing is, you know, you got to get your 
basic productivity suite down and, and G Suite works, you know, may not if you're in China and some other geographies, uh, you know, you, you need some other standard products that any business might have probably these days. Uh, the sort of bespoke to accelerator tools we talked about submittable worked well and you appreciate it, but you're actually trying to see whether you can jump from the double handling that required to get your data from submissions into Airtable to just using a Google Forms uh, application process that you'll design and build yourself, which is interesting to me that we can kind of keep it simple, Sally and Sam, and still have, you know, a massive rolling program and a very well-resourced uh, accelerator. So good news, I think, for folk listening out there. And then as you get, you know, higher end and you're growing your team, all the other productivity tools and, and choices you're going to have to make to build or buy your own Baltrix or go to Culture Amp or do something else I get. But um, for those that are managing their own businesses, thanks for the tips. Um, we normally do an, uh, a start of the week, Brian, who is it this time? Yeah, so um, we're recording this in February, which in the United States, at least, is Black History Month. So I thought mm. we would feature some of our Black founders. Turns out we already have. We, we featured Greek previously. Um, based in Nigeria, and we featured um, Lime Loop, which is based in Colorado, also with Black Founders, but we, we have plenty more. <laughs> so um, thought today we would feature Ready, which is a really neat startup out of Nigeria. They uh, provide a battery for kind of off-grid or energy poor areas where they have, they have poor access to energy, but not just the battery itself. They also provide a large and growing network of solar-powered kiosks for charging those batteries as well. So they're having, um, you can you check out on their website, they have a really cool video where they show you know, barber shops that are being run with electric razors on these batteries and how it's kind of transforming people's lives for the 100 million plus people just in Nigeria who have poor access to energy or whose alternatives to use diesel generators, which is very dirty. Um, and of course, that's, that's not a, a challenge that's limited to Nigeria. Around the world, there are billions of people with poor access to energy. So we think they're onto something with their kind of entire solution that includes not just the battery, but also the clean energy way of charging that battery. And we're excited to see them scale massively. Awesome. That's great. Well, we'll check out Ready uh, at the link and this video will go watch. Thanks for that. And thanks for yet another great edition of Mission Log. Absolutely. Thanks everyone for joining us on the journey. And I will uh, throw out as well, you know, put your Put your ideas in the comments. If you think there's some um, tech stack options that we've missed or you think we've got it wrong, we'd love to hear from you. This is uh, a journey we're undergoing together and we'd love for you to participate. Thank you for viewing the D3 Mission Log podcast. You can find our video podcast on the New Energy Nexus YouTube channel. You can listen to us on all podcast platforms. Please like, subscribe, rate us, and stick around because we've got more coming.